Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for October 3rd, 2022. I'm Bill O'Grady, Chief Market Strategist at Confluence Investment Management. For regular listeners, you're probably noting something different. Phil Adler, our usual host, is taking a well-deserved week off in a remote, undisclosed, secure location. So in his place, Don O'Donnell, who is a research associate on Confluence's macro team, is subbing in this week. Phil will return next week. In this week's podcast, an asset allocation report, we take a look at gold. One of the questions we're getting from investors is why is gold's performance underwhelming in the face of high inflation? In the associated report, we look at this issue. In today's podcast, we're going to add some color to that research. So Donna, take it away. Thank you, Bill. You mentioned gold performance has been a bit lackluster. So if gold is not really considered a hedge for inflation, how can investing in gold be used as a hedge? Well, it's important to note or remember that hedging is a form of insurance, and the effectiveness of insurance is matching the policy to the risk one is trying to avoid. If a household is trying to protect themselves from the loss of income, auto insurance probably won't address that risk. Instead, one would buy life insurance. There's a classic discussion that often occurs in elementary statistics about the difference between cause and correlation. Just because two events occur simultaneously does not mean that one causes the other. Sometimes a relationship is just spurious. The pattern exists by chance. Sometimes the relationship is dependent upon a third factor, and in the absence of that factor, the relationship breaks down. So with gold, the key is knowing what one is hedging against. In our work, gold is better thought of as a hedge against dollar debasement and less as an inflation hedge. However, the reason why gold has the reputation as an inflation hedge is because often currency debasement and inflation occur simultaneously. But looking at the recent stock market weakness and so much global uncertainty, why hasn't gold been a haven for investors? Well, Donna, it gets back to that cause correlation issue. If we look at the early change in the S&P 500 index and gold prices over time, there's a modest inverse correlation of about minus 13%. On a rolling five-year basis, however, we show periods where the two are inversely correlated to the tune of about 60%, but there's also periods where they're strongly positively correlated too. To some extent, investors often seek a sum-of-all-fears hedge. In other words, they seek an asset that will offset all risks. In my experience, that asset doesn't exist. But gold is often projected as that asset. It's not. Gold can offset currency debasement, but even that is hard to determine. Let's turn to the gold price model. What does it tell us about the current price of gold? Well, our gold model uses central bank balance sheets of the Federal Reserve and the ECB, real two-year yields, and by that we don't mean tips, but we're actually looking at the nominal yield less the current inflation rate, the fiscal balance relative to GDP, and the euro-dollar exchange rate. We also have a variation that looks at Bitcoin prices. For the past two years, the model's forecast has been projecting much higher gold prices. Our most recent update suggests that the model's forecast values have fallen significantly. In effect, the gold market appears to have anticipated the tightening of monetary and fiscal policy and thus didn't bid up gold prices. Now, the good news signaled from the model is is that there isn't likely too much more downside to gold prices as prices already anticipated much of the adverse policy environment. The bad news is, is that a rally probably won't be forthcoming for at least a couple of quarters. 
Well, on its face, an increase in the policy rate is a bearish factor for gold prices. That's because if gold is a non-liability-backed currency, it doesn't pay a yield, and thus rising short-term interest rates are bearish for gold. But there have been periods in history, notable in the 2005-2006 tightening cycle, where gold prices rallied. That's because the dollar fell in that period. So the issue as to whether tighter monetary policy is bullish or bearish for gold rests mostly on its impact on the dollar. Do you expect the recent actions by the Fed to affect gold prices? Well, on its face, an increase in the policy rate is a bearish factor for gold prices. That's because if gold is a non-liability-backed currency, it doesn't pay a yield, and thus rising short-term interest rates are bearish for gold. But there have been periods in history, notable in the 2005-2006 tightening cycle, where gold prices rallied. That's because the dollar fell in that period. So the issue as to whether tighter monetary policy is bullish or bearish for gold rests mostly on its impact on the dollar. Although a weaker dollar will likely have a bullish effect on gold, has the historical inverse relationship between gold and the value of the dollar changed due to the most recent extensive period of dollar strength? And since the dollar seems due for a pullback, would now be a good time to turn to gold? Well, the relationship has seemingly changed because it appears that gold is stronger than it has been in previous periods of dollar strength. In other words, it's not as bad for gold as it could have been relative to history. This is the message of the chart in the report that looks at inflation-adjusted gold in the dollar index. There's potentially a couple reasons why the dollar is held up. One is that investors believe the Fed will reverse course quickly once the economy weakens and won't follow through on bringing inflation lower. Although Another is that although the dollar is strong, that is only in comparison to other currencies. In terms of inflation, the dollar is clearly being debased. So, investors may be favoring gold even with dollar strength. For context, year-to-date, gold in U.S. dollars is down about 3%, but in the euro, it's up 8.3%. In terms of timing the end of the dollar bull market, when the dollar gets this extended, trend reversals tend to have an element of politics. In other words, currencies tend to trend, and when a trend becomes entrenched, it often takes clear political signaling, such as the Plaza Accord in 1985, to change the trend. In my read of the political tea leaves, the U.S. is clearly moving to bring inflation under control. A strong dollar is part and parcel of an anti-inflation policy. My guess is that a global financial crisis might trigger a multilateral action to weaken the dollar, but I don't expect something like that to happen for the foreseeable future. To answer the second question, it makes sense to think about portfolios in terms of strategic and cyclical timeframes. For strategic purposes, some allocation to gold always makes sense. Cyclically or tactically, this would be a good time to be underweight. Considering that a recession is very likely, will gold be more attractive to investors in their asset allocation? Well, the behavior of gold in the business cycle is mixed. But assuming the recession leads to lower interest rates and a weaker dollar, gold should benefit. Now, an investor can hold physical gold or invest in gold equities or futures. What's the best way to own gold? The question really gets to the heart of what an investor is hedging against. If it's mere currency debasement, ETFs and or gold equities tend to work well. Transaction costs are low. Liquidity is ample. 
For investors looking to acquire size, buying a futures contract, taking delivery, and holding the warehouse receipt is a great way to own physical gold. You have the option of accepting the physical gold, but you can also hold the warehouse receipt and deliver it into the futures market with a short position once you decide to liquidate. The problem is size. The standard futures contract is 100 ounce. Although there are 50 ounce and 10 ounce contracts, they don't accept physical delivery. They're all cash settled. On the other hand, if you're wanting to own gold for an in-the-civilization type event, you want physical gold, preferably a multiple ounce coins, that way you don't need to prove the gold content, and physical silver too. Owning physical gold has downsides. The market isn't all that liquid, bid-ass spreads can be wide, it's heavy. To hold a million dollars of gold right now weighs about 35 pounds, and it's untraceable. That means you have to securely store it, which is expensive. But if you're really worried about a breakdown in civil order, ETFs or or futures positions or equities really won't help you very much. But it certainly makes lovely jewelry. <laughs> well, it does. Okay, on that note, thank you, Donna, for filling in this week. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Be aware that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. <laughs>